Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. I'm your host, Dr. Derek Burgess. If I'm 90 years old and on my deathbed, what life would I have wanted? Is it going to be just working the grind just to get a little bit nicer of a car, just to get a little bit bigger of a TV, whatever? You know, are your values in, in those things? Is that truly what makes you happy? Or or can you explore these passions and, and cut some of those things out of your life in different ways? Tonight, we have Cody Bliss uh, with us, who is the co-founder of Beyond the Map. And Cody, just welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm super happy to be here with you, Derek. Hey, man. So talking about random, this is very random. And ever since I met Cody, you know, I've been very excited to, to be able to bring him on the podcast and actually talk to you about what he does. So kind of the story about how we met on the way to on a flight to Hawaii, to Kauai. Um, we're on a plane. This is our connecting flight. So my wife and I, we have three kids, so they have a road to themselves. So our tactic was to um, pick an aisle and a window, right? So aisle, window, and pray. So we get on the plane, and um, so we're on our seats, and then Cody walks up, and we're like, oh, man, here he comes. So he sits down, and then, you know, we're sitting there. You know, you always want to have some room on a flight, especially when you're going to be on a plane five, six, seven hours. So we're, we're scouting, and we're looking, and it's, they're about to close the door, and they say, all right, uh, it looks like everybody's on board, and there are some open seats. So Cody pops up and goes to the other row, and then about a minute later, a family, I think five or six, come running onto the plane frantically. <laughs> and as, as, uh, as fate has it, he has to give up that seat and come back and sit by us for five hours. So at that point, I just kind of surrendered my window seat and gave it to him, and, <laughs> and the rest is history, right? And I definitely appreciated that window seat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we're on the plane and we started talking and we're talking about COVID. We're talking about travel and he sees that we're traveling as a family. So that kind of sparks a conversation about having a, a small child and traveling. And then one of the statements he said was like, yes, when um, COVID started back in March of 2020, I was in, I think, Peru. It was, with, yeah. Yeah, with a group of college students, like 20 college students. So, and he just kind of threw it out there. I was like, okay, <laughs> is he, you know, is he a coach? Is he a professor? You know, I work with Fellowship of Christian Athletes and we do some mission trips. So I'm thinking, is that a mission? And then, you know, that was it. So about two or three hours passed and he pulls out his laptop and I keep seeing this beyond the map on the laptop, beyond the map. I think you had a hat on. I was like, I wonder what he really does. And that really sparked another conversation. So that's what we're going to kind of get into tonight. You know, I, I made a post about one of my previous um, guests talked about your bucket list. And every year he said you should take something from your bucket list and put it on your calendar. And, you know, Cody lives most people's bucket list each day. <laughs> um, so it's really interesting. But, yeah, so let's just jump into kind of uh, where you were born, your early childhood, and then the important part, you know, the fun part will be discussing beyond the map. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, um, I, I really appreciate your recap of that experience. It's, it's pretty amazing as we, you alluded to before we, uh, jumped on the, the recording here that all the different puzzle pieces that kind of had to bring us together. I think that's just like a really amazing thing to, 
to recognize in life, right? Like, yeah. like how, how it funnels us in certain directions. So, um, so it's really cool. Thank you for that recap. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, my, my upbringing, so I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as you, as you mentioned. Um, and you know, I, I think the way that we started chatting on the plane actually, and what I was sharing is, uh, part of the reason, you know, I went through the avenue of starting my own business and starting beyond the map, which we'll, we'll get into here, here in a minute was because of a prior experience I had when I was younger. Um, and so I grew up in a, in a lower income family, single mom, uh, with four kids, low income, grew up living in a trailer, sort of just living day to day, you know, not, not really, um, having the ability to see a lot of the world, to see a lot of places, not only not having the ability to, but just not even knowing that it was an option, not even knowing that these places existed, right? Not even having that exposure until one fateful night, uh, I was at my grandparents, you know, uh, my mom was at work, my grandparents were watching me and my aunt, which um, uh, was able to afford this beach vacation to um, this exotic beach called Ocean City, Maryland. It's actually not very exotic. If you know anything about the Northeast, it's actually um, pretty typical beach, but it felt like a whole different planet basically, right? So she came by my grandparents' house to do some sort of errand. I hear about their beach vacation plan. They're all loaded up in this old 1980, 90 something Chevy bubble top built-in TV. They're all piled in there. It's a big, exciting trip. And she could just see the disappointment in my face that they, you know, all my cousins and, and then we're going to do this awesome experience. And I was here hanging out, I think watching Murder, She Wrote with my grandmother, something along the lines, um, waiting to be picked up from, you know, from my mom when she was done working. And so my, my aunt could kind of recognize this and um, called my mom at work and said, listen, like, can he come along? you know, let's, it's, it's fine. Like we have an extra space for him. So of course my mom said, yeah, of course, take him. Um, and, and so I hopped in the van, she grabbed some of my grandfather's like oversized clothing. Cause I was young at that time. And I think I sat in between the rows of the, of the van and we got to the beach that night and it was after dark. Um, and, and I'll never forget this. Um, it was dark and the moon was reflecting off the water and it was, it sounds like kind of cliche and a little weird, but um, the moon was like reflecting a path, like right to us. If you've ever been to the beach at night, you know how it does that sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember just like running out into the water up to my knees or waist or whatever. And just having this thought that like, holy cow, like if this existed it, and, and I, I had no idea that this existed, you know, um, if, if this is here, this endless vast stretch of ocean, um, what else is out there in the world? You know, and, and it just really sparked that that curiosity to like want to see more. And at the time, what that did is it, it translated into the ocean and wanting to study marine biology and, and, and study the ocean. What I later realized as an adult was that it wasn't just the ocean I was curious about. It was it was new places. It was the world. It was other people. It was other landscapes. It was just wanting to feel that curiosity and continue to explore places. And, and I attribute a lot of it back to that, that night. Of course, there's a lot of other amazing facets that we, we have in our lives, like these little puzzle pieces, like you and I meeting that sort of funnel us in these great directions, you know, and, and that was just one of them and, and probably one of the most memorable. 
Um, but yeah, so, so from that point, it just sort of steered my life of wanting to discover uh, new places and, and, and meet new people. Wow. Um, yeah. So that sounded like the male uh, version of Moana, like, <laughs> like the, <laughs> the ocean was calling you. You just had to answer your calling. Yeah. 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 So, I was a little more landlocked, but I found my way there eventually. Sure. Yeah. So tell me about, you mentioned being a marine biologist. So tell me about your formal education process. So, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, I, I just mentioned being landlocked, right? You know, I went to study marine biology. I started identifying it, identifying as that person from a young age. It's something I, you know, it was, it was basically that, that fuel that kept me moving forward in schooling. And when it came to my undergraduate, I was ready to get out of the landlocked location that I was in. Um, and I applied to, ironically enough, Derek, I applied to Hawaii Pacific in Oahu um, and a couple other coastal universities. And my brother at the time, he, uh, he was really a guiding light for me. He, he was someone that barely graduated high school, was in juvie at some point. Fast forward, you know, went to the military now as his PhD and was kind of helping guide me through the, the schooling experience. You know, he said to me, he, he said, Cody, I don't want to like, I, I don't want to stifle your dreams, but here's how much it's going to cost if you go Hawaii Pacific. And here's, you know, all these Pell Grants and all these different grants you can get if you stay here in Pennsylvania. And I just remember having that sinking feeling and being like, oh, you know, like that's, that's what I got to do. And so I went to a state university called Lock Haven, um, Lock Haven University of Pennsylvania to where they actually surprisingly had a concentration in marine science. And so I got my undergraduate degree in biology with a concentration in marine science to where I was able to spend the summer going and taking classes on the coast in Virginia. And then as soon as I graduated from there, I was like, okay, now is my time to, to, to go. And so I went and received my master's uh, down in South Florida at a university called Nova Southeastern University. And so at that point I studied coral reef ecology and coastal zone management. And so it was really at this point that I really honed in on the marine sciences. I was scuba diving a lot, doing research, um, uh, doing a lot of really neat conservation projects and, and, and marine science projects. It's also, you know, that was a pivotal time that introduced me to a lot of new locations around the world as part of marine science, you know, what you don't necessarily make financially, you pick up for in life experiences. And so we were traveling to different parts of the Caribbean and different parts around the world. And that really also start fueling this, this desire to travel in addition to prior experiences. So, yeah. Yeah. So number one, I have a lot of my listeners are a lot of professionals, a lot of uh, physicians, um, athletes, people that are really busy. And, you know, many times we're trying to find that work life balance, right, to be able to uh, make enough income to be financially stable enough to be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Right. So you are very fortunate enough to have a brother that said, well, look, before you jump into all this debt, <laughs> getting this degree, make sure that you can pay this off, number one. And why get this amount of debt if you can go to somewhere local? Um, for free or for a grant or whatever, because that's one thing we talk about on here a lot is paying off student loans and paying off debt. And, you know, as a medical professional, many times people are $250,000, $330,000 in debt, and it takes a decade or more to pay it off as the interest continues to accrue. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, 
I wish I could say that um, that that was the the outcome. It, yeah. What I studied in undergrad, <clears throat> my master's definitely made up for. <laughs> yeah. um, and and you know, in in the field of marine science, it's just it, it doesn't equate out to. But yeah, you know, it, it did show me the benefits of of life experiences mm-hmm. and and the benefits of having other forms of of value and monet monet you know monetary values and, and different forms of currency you know a, a lot of people i think confuse currency as only being monetary um and as you mentioned at the beginning you know the the bucket lists the the life experiences those those are those are a form of currency you know mm-hmm. that's that's um you can be rich in a lot of ways and and happy in a lot of ways you know through travel i've found that there's populations of people and i think also coming from a very low income too family one thing i even to this day i remind myself a lot like i was i was happy as a kid and even though we didn't have much you know and and i see that reflected in in populations that have far less than what i even had growing up around the world you know to where they're happier something than some of the wealthiest people i know here in Mm -hmm. the states um and so i think what what i learned through these experiences is you know, there's, there's other values and trade-offs that you can make as well. So, um, so yeah, going back to the work-life balance, it's, it's, it's just understanding what's important to you and, and what's worth prioritizing now. And what are some of the trade-offs you're willing to make starting beyond the map? And I don't want to jump ahead here. There are a lot of trade-offs, you know, it, it would have been much easier to just continue down the path and continue doing marine science and continuing you know, on to get my PhD and to do that form, it would have been a lot more secure, a lot less risk. Um, but, but there were other trade-offs that I, that I was willing to make. And so I think that's something to take away from that. Yeah. So you can see we're both chomping at the bit to talk about this beyond the map. So, all right. So <laughs> first tell me, so you're a marine biologist, you're working in marine science, and then I imagine there's a pivot point. So tell me about that and how this gets started. There is a pivot point. And, and you mentioned my brother before without him kind of helping me. He was um, helpful and, and a huge pivot point for me at that point in my life. And then starting beyond the map, there was another person that was quite pivotal. Um, and just before I get into that, I, I just want to make note of, of these relationships, right? Um, there, there's not much we can do in life without other people. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that's, that's the end of the story right there, right? We need each other. Um, and, and to help each other out. And so um, one great example that has gotten me to this point, a woman I met while I was in grad school, she owns, um, she currently owns an environmental education company in South Florida called Build a Field Trip. Um, I, she, she gave me a chance. She helped support me and kind of acted as, as a mentor while I worked for her during school. And then as I moved on into positions that were more suited towards my career, we continued to be friends and mentors. And one day she called me up um, and basically said, Hey, I have um, this opportunity for you to start a company. I'm willing to mentor you through some of it, willing to give you money to get it started. And, and for anyone listening, that might be like, Oh, well, of course this guy got an investor. Lucky him. It was $3,000, I think, which, you know, it's, it's not nothing, but it's definitely not, you know, a That's lot. One trip. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely not a lot. And so, so, you know, for anyone listening, you know, you, you don't need this huge th- uh, amount to get started in, 
in some ways. So anyways, but she believed in me and my vision and, and the, the direction um, of what I wanted to do. And so based off of her trip she was doing locally, she had teachers that were interested in doing international trips. And so we sort of stemmed from that, added in a more adventure component because of my uh, personal interest. Um, and we have a foundation that's solid in education, right? And so we started working uh, a lot with universities, a lot with high schools, um, and really having this foundation that when you travel, it shouldn't, well, I'm gonna backstep here for a second, not that travel should or shouldn't be anything, um, but when you travel, there's a great opportunity to learn um, and to be an active traveler. And what I mean by that is, you know, going to locations, especially if they're different cultures and different countries and, and actively learning and immersing yourself in that environment. And, and so, you know, because of the roots in education, we sort of snuck that in and to be on the map to where we try to like, um, we try to incorporate mental components as well as physical. So we're, you know, for instance, we're not just going um, to go whitewater rafting, you're also really going to learn and be immersed in the culture. Uh, a really good example that I like to give um, is when we go to Costa Rica, for instance, there's a river in Costa Rica to where um, a lot of people that stay and there's this very popular tourist destination, this town called um, Capos or Manuel Antonio National Park incredibly popular. It's one of three places, if you ask anybody where they're going to in Costa Rica, that's where they're going. Well, there's this river nearby and where people from that town will get picked up from an outfitter. They'll go, they'll paddle down a short stretch of the river. Woohoo, it was fun. But it's really, in my mind, not much more than going to Disney World, right? It's sort of a very one-dimensional experience. So what we sort of believe in at Beyond the Map, where our ethos is, is, is creating that holistic, full experience, not just some amusement park ride. And so for that example, we actually take a Land Rover and as far as you can go, we met a local family that lives in the headwaters, way up in the mountains of this same river. And you can only take a Land Rover for a, a short distance. And then you have to get out and you backpack, you hike into this town. And this town is only accessible on foot. And so then you get to this town and you're staying with this family that have multiple generations living by this river. And you learn about how that river is sort of the lifeblood of their community. Without that river, they wouldn't have survived for generations. Um, and then you meet some of the younger folks and you realize how that river was almost dammed and completely altered. And then they stepped in and kept it from becoming dammed and, and protected it. Um, it's not until, you know, two days of that, that you get in a raft, paddle this section of river that most people never experience. And then by the time we reach down to the commercially rafted section where all the tourists are, you can just look and, and our participants have a different mentality about what they're doing versus mm. these other groups. And so that's something I'm really proud of that we've created here at Beyond the Map is that experience to where we're not just doing a fun activity just to do it, but we're having fun while also appreciating and learning about our surroundings, whether that's historical components, environmental components, modern culture, you know, things like that. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to be an active traveler, to give back while you're traveling and to support the local, the local communities um, and not just go use a place and then leave, um, but go to a place, appreciate it, immerse yourself, 
find a way to contribute back to that area um, and, and have that experience. Man, that was a really awesome story about just kind of the Costa Rica experience in general. And that kind of gave a good overview of what your mission is, like you said, not just taking a vacation, but really diving into the culture. And tell me about who you're targeting with Beyond the Map, because this sounds really expensive, you know, and who can afford to do this? Yeah, that that's a really good point. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Derek. So, you know, because of my roots, I've always had interest in providing opportunities, not providing, facilitating opportunities for, for folks that might otherwise not have that those opportunities. Um, and so, you know, while we're a growing business, of course we have to take the business we can get. Um, but the end dream really with beyond the map is to provide like a nonprofit side of our business to where we can provide at-risk youth, um, with these, with these potentially incredibly formative and, and life altering experiences. Um, right now our primary target audience are our students. And part of the reason that works really well um, is because universities, a lot of times they'll help subsidize the, the trip cost. And so it helps bring the cost way down for students. And so a lot of our trips, we have, you know, first time um, people ever going on a plane. We have first time passport holders. We have, you know, first time ever leaving their state that they, that they grew up in. Um, and so we try to make it accessible by finding support systems for other people um those are my favorite groups to take are the ones that that these are brand new experiences for um we also offer the, you know the 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 similar experiences um for for people of all different backgrounds as well um because we specialize in customizing our experiences it's very rare that someone contacts us and says hey i, I want to go on this experience and we can't find a way to make it happen for them um, we really tailor make the trips specifically to meet your needs. So whether that's time constraints, budget constraints, you know, whatever it might be, um, we'll kind of shift things around and, and, and help make it work. Um, you know, it's definitely, uh, we're in the business because we're passionate about getting people to new places to help them explore their comfort limits, to help them grow and to learn, um, and to have these experiences. And we don't want finances to be a barrier. You know, of course, we have to cover our costs and we have to, um, you know, make money as a business. But at the same time, we've gotten quite creative in finding ways to um, provide affordable options for people of all different scales. So traveling around the world, how has um, COVID impacted your business and being able to move about? Yeah, you know, COVID was interesting. Um, fortunately for our company, we don't have a ton of overhead. And so it kind of helped keep us afloat. You know, we didn't necessarily have, uh, you know, a hefty mortgage or inventory or anything like that to pay for, unlike some other companies. Um, and so, you know, it, it impacted us financially. We had to basically cancel, you know, a year and a half plus of trips. Um, as I mentioned to you, when we first were on the plane, I was with a group at the very, the very first week of March, we had two groups out actually from universities that's a very popular time for spring break trips. And so um, we had spring break trips scheduled the rest of the month that we had to cancel um, because university and, and so basically our bread and butter at Beyond the Map are organized groups. So what that looks like are, you know, university groups, school groups, corporate um, groups, corporate outings, 
um, company outings, things like that. Um, and so because a lot of those organizations such as universities and companies put travel bans across the board, that was quite significant for us. Not to mention that the majority of our trips were internationally based and because of the travel restrictions that sort of created some tension points. Um, I'm happy to say that now at this point, you know, that it allowed us, well, there were two definitely positive takeaways. One, um, I got to spend some amazing time with family, right? That's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the, the, I know the catch-all thing that people talk about now, but it's true. It really is. I got to spend some great time with, with my family. Um, but the other positives is that it kind of forced us into developing more domestic trips here in the United States um, to get more creative. Um, as far as group size, we already work with really small groups. You know, on average, we're taking 10 to 15 people on groups. And so we, we already were working with small groups. So that wasn't incredibly impacted. You know, some tour agencies, you know, they have 30, 40, 50 people in a group. Um, and that, that dramatic, dramatically impacted them to where for us, we were already outdoors, which was a benefit. We were going to remote places away from crowds away from cities you know we're not going to a museum in europe for instance you know we're going to these outdoor spaces that already lend themselves to the recommendations um from the from COVID. um so in that regards we were we were fortunate but um but there were definitely some other tension points but things are starting to pick up again which is is, is great that's great and you know what have you learned through the experience of traveling, how does that shape you as who you are as a person, being able to be immersed in all these cultures and see different things? Yeah, you know, so so now there's a lot of, um, this will make sense in a moment, I promise, but now there's a lot of discussion around space travel, right? Mm -hmm. um, I had an opportunity to meet a gentleman that had a ticket to go to space with Virgin Galactic and one of one of the reasons behind why he decided to invest so much money in this ticket to go to space is because he was a formal school teacher and his dream was that in a couple couple lifetimes from now that school children would be taking field trips to outer space and you might think okay well what's the benefit of that well his reasoning was he thought humans would change as a society if we had the opportunity to see our planet from that viewpoint, from this broader perspective, um, I think travel is much like that. I think travel just sort of takes our world from this, this small inner circle and just blows it up, right? It just really shows us that there's a lot of different ways to live. There's a lot of different um, belief systems. There's, um, so while it shows us there's all this diversity out there, Another amazing thing it does uh, at the same time in this parallel experience is that it shows you commonalities, right? You may, it, it, it's amazing. You'll be in a place where you might feel so far removed from home. You might, you know, at first glance feel so uncomfortable. And then you start talking to people and you start realizing that they want the same things that we do, you know, tens of thousands of miles away. Mm -hmm. They have the same problems. They have the same joys, the same ups the same downs you know it, it's it's really an amazing thing that that you can go somewhere and find common ground with people that otherwise um you would never even consider you know um 
man, I, I, I don't even know where to start with, with talking about other benefits to travel. There's so much there's, then there's per, personal growths, you know, there's the ability to challenge yourself both intellectually, um, and, and physically, you know, and, 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 um, you know, being resilient to new situations, being adaptable to different, um, uh, mindsets to different lifestyles. Uh, yeah, the, you know, I, I wish we lived in a world where every single person um, at a certain age got to do an international travel experience. I, I really do. I think we would be, especially here in a country where travel is seen more as the cherry on top, right? If you can afford to do it, if you can squeeze in the time off, it's, you know, it's, it's nice. And then even when the majority of the people here in the U.S. do travel, and, you know, the result is a, a cruise or or the, the, the confines of a, a resort in a different country that feels the same as the United States, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the benefits that you receive from traveling while those things are fun. I've been to an all-inclusive resort, like, a, you know, of course, a, a cruise is fun in, in its time and place, but those bigger impacts of traveling really come from pushing yourself into these unknown environments, into these unfamiliar and uncomfortable environments. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. That was a bit of a ramble, but no, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, there's so many benefits that I see from from traveling that it's it's really hard to to um, to to translate to to share. So yeah, so give me one experience where you said, okay, I might be too far beyond the map, <laughs> and you kind of felt unsafe or like, okay, this might be the end of my travel. Yeah. Um. Well. You know, I've never quite felt like I've I've been in a situation where my my life is at risk. Um, I, I tend to keep try to keep myself out of those situations. Um, you know, I, every time I go on a trip, whether I've been somewhere, you know, twenty times or two times, mm-hmm. I always get those little butterflies, right? Because you're going out of your norm. You're going out of out of the structure of your routine. Um, so I always get those little butterflies, regardless of where I'm going. Um, I would say, oof, that's a good question. I would say there were definitely a few moments where I was in Iceland, where it wasn't so much about my danger for my uh, danger for my life as it as much as it was. Wow, we got ourselves into this incredibly remote region without any form of communication, without, and this wasn't on a beyond the map trip. I'm just going to yeah. preface it there. It was a, <laughs> it was a personal experience um, to where basically, you know, it, it was, it was half freezing, snowing rain situation um, to where if anything happened to our vehicle, you know, we were, we were, we were out there for days yeah. until, until, you know, until whatever time. And so, um, so that was, you know, definitely one time that makes, you know, kind of the goosebumps stick up a little bit. Um, uh, but, you know, to be honest with you, it, I, I'm pretty, I, I'm not incredibly risk adverse. And so it's very rare that I find myself in a situation that, that, that I wish I wasn't in. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually I, I, I thrive in those situations personally, and I'm known to help other people get in those situations and, and, and come out of it and say, whoa, like I never thought in a, in a million years I was capable of, of getting through this or, or of doing something like that. And so, um, so yeah, 
I wish I had a better answer for you, Derek. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get off the phone and I'm going to be like, ah, that one time. Well, I was, I was in Costa Rica once mountain biking, you know, so part of this, part of this business is, is networking with local individuals. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times what that looks like is me reaching out to people through, through the web, right. In different mm-hmm. ways, like I'm finding people or I'm, on WhatsApp messaging people from one person gave me a contact to another person. And then somehow I find myself meeting a random stranger after walking by headlamp down this dirt road in the middle of the jungle to where there's like cougars nearby and I'm meeting them to do like a mountain bike ride and I'm going to stay at their house, which I have no idea who this person is or where their house is at. And there's like, I'm literally in the middle of the jungle and then they're going to take me somewhere and hopefully like all is good. And that's how a lot of our trips are formed. Like if you really want to know like, like the root of it and then I form relationships and develop these really cool experiences. Um, and a lot of times having to like change it a bit. So it's, it's, it's fitting for groups and so forth. But, um, but that's how a lot of these things are formed is me ending up meeting what was once a stranger and then they become really good friends. Um, eventually down the road but uh so those times are definitely uncomfortable you know you just don't know what you're getting yourself into yeah Um, like you call back home like this is where i'm this is where i am just in case (laughs) yeah yeah no for sure yeah you know being in a foreign country a lot of times not knowing the language incredibly well um you know it's it definitely you know i think that was probably more of a better answer than the iceland one because it's not one one exact experience it's just Mm -hmm. a collection of these random meetings and now i look back and there's some of my closest friends they're employees of ours and and that was really kind of the root of where a lot of these experiences came from so absolutely so you know for a busy professional being an orthopedic surgeon um my schedule is very tight and then having a family and you know like you said you got to work travel in and many times travel is a quick three four day and you got to rush out rush back so for me, when you when I met you on a plane, I was like, man, this is a dream job. What would I, what price tag would I put on this job? And you know, I, I don't know a number, but I can guarantee you when this show releases, you know, if you want to be a physician, a surgeon, whatever kind of physician, I can get somebody to try trade in their medical practice overnight to take over your job, right? Uh, but you know, that's my view of it. But so it sounds like a dream job, but what adversity did you have to overcome to kind of build this and make, make it into what it is now? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there, there were a couple of different segments to, uh, to challenges and barriers to get to this point. Yeah. You know, I think one of them was um, releasing the pressure of my identity of, of, of that, that mental constraint that I put on myself of, since such a young age, I identified with being a marine scientist, marine biologist, and then here I was sort of abandoning that, you know, um, going through all that schooling and, and then now taking this new path. And there's almost this, it wasn't an external guilt. There was no one telling me like, what, why are you doing this? It was purely self, self-placed um, of just, of just, is this the, the, the decision, you know, it should, should you give up this schooling, this experience, this dream of yours to go a different route? Um, and, and I worked through that for sure. And, but that wasn't the, the, you know, when you're talking about other barriers, there were definitely some more obvious ones, you know, for instance, um, 
you know, I would, I was working full-time jobs during the day and then, and then burning midnight oil for beyond the map in the evenings. Um, I was, you know, coming home and, and sacrificing time with friends. And, and at the time I, my girlfriend, fiance, now wife, you know, um, but I never lost sight of the work-life balance because, um, I was doing this out of passion, not to make money. If I, if I wanted just a business and just to make money in a career, I would have continued doing what I was doing. And so um, I continued to let it be fun um, along the way, but yeah, there were definitely constraints. Um, I've lost jobs over beyond the map. I was, you know, to be completely transparent with you, I was working full-time jobs to where I may have physically been there um, but mentally my passion was with beyond the map. And that's actually what led me to stepping off the ledge and doing it full time was, I was working a job. It was, it was a great job. It was a good job. I just was more in to be on the map mentally and, and they knew it, you know, you could, you could tell. And I actually got fired from that position, you know, talk about humiliating, uh, someone with a master's degree in a professional setting. I never in a million years. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I bawled like a baby after that. Like I felt so, I was like, what Cody, what are you doing? What mm -hmm. you have this perfectly good job. People would die to be in this situation. And here you are, you just totally screwed it up, you know? Um, and I didn't know what was going to happen. And it was scary as, as shit, Derek. I'll tell you yeah. what, <laughs> I mean, at this time I was due to get married in a couple of months and didn't know what I, what I was doing. Um, coming from a low income family, there's always this, you know, feeling of like, of like, of like, come on, man, you're giving a shot. Like, don't screw it up. Like, mom, I'm sorry if you hear this, but like, don't screw it up like your mom did. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm like, like just take what you can get. And, um, but it was that, that experience that allowed me to step off the ledge and fully commit to doing it full time. And, um, and, and since then, you know, it's, it's been, it's been great. It's been everything I could have imagined. Um, you know, and there's still barriers, you know, it's starting your own business. Um, you're thinking about things nonstop. You know, it's not like you get to clock out after hour, you know, once, once the end of the day comes and you go home, it's, it, you know, we travel now and now I'm like, Oh, that would be good for beyond that map or, Oh, that would be a fun experience. Or, you know, oh, I should maybe meet with these people, you know, to see if there's an opportunity here. And so, you know, it's not for everyone. It's not, there's a lot of self-motivation. Um, when we started out, it was basically me in an office with a computer. And um, if you're not, great at, at working solo or individually or without you know having that checklist of things to do and you have to wake up in the morning and say like i'm building this company what does that mean what do i do today like that's that it, it's different you know it's a different different structure um of, of work and life but it's it's definitely something you can learn and that some people are are better at than others yeah, that was awesome because, you know, the American culture and being an employee is something that is almost ingrained in us. You get a job, you get it something that's safe, a good paycheck, um, hopefully some retirement, and you hold on to it and you hold tight to it. And like you said, you had to jump off the ledge at some point because you couldn't be in both places and be effective. And, you know, you had to choose to, to chase your passion 
even when nothing was guaranteed. Now it looks like, oh man, this is awesome. But I'm sure, like you said, there were many scary nights when you're saying, hey, I got a family I got to take care of. How do I feed my kid? How do I you know, take care of my wife who I vowed to be able to take care of? Yeah, no, absolutely. And there were, you know, I mean, my wife is an amazingly independent human being. She is fantastic. Sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a, it's a team. And um, there were times after that with Beyond the Map to where I wasn't making any money with Beyond the Map. It was it was zero, right? It was zero. And, and you know, we had bills to pay and, and so forth. And at one point, I, I went and stood in a line of about 25 people for a UPS job. Again, remember, master's degree, making good salary. Here I am standing in a line at UPS because I figured it started at 3 a.m. If I can work 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., then I can come home and then start working on Beyond the Map. Um, and I got in line with those 25 people, and, and I got that job. And the lady looks at me. They, they hired three people out of those 25, and she said, you have a master's degree. Why are you here? And I, I sort of explained, and, and I hustled for quite a while waking up at three and, and moving boxes. And it reminded me of, you know, sometimes we move through life and we forget the privileges that we've, even if they're self-created privileges, like we've create, we, we create these privileges. And, and I didn't realize how far I forgot my roots, right. And uh, where I came from. And that experience was re-humbled me in a lot of ways and was like, wow, okay, you got to hustle, Cody. You got to make this work. You got to make beyond the map work. And um, I did that for a while, and then that led to some new opportunities, and I was eventually able to move on from that, and my sleep schedule definitely thanked me <laughs> for that. But, yeah. you know, it, it, I did what I had to do at the time, you know, to get by the, the minimum, so. That's awesome, and like you said, the mindset piece of being able to be an entrepreneur, and like you said, balancing, and like you, you know, many times doing that work to start a company has to be after hours because you still have to do something to bring in enough money to take care of the basics. But, you know, thank you for really sharing that. So on Time Out with the Sports Doctor, this is your final time out. So you mentioned being feeling trapped. You know, you're in a job. I need to do this job because I don't want to screw up. But at the same time, I need to chase my passion, which is beyond the map. So what do you say to someone who is sitting there, no matter what their job is, they can be a physician, you can be a teacher, a hairdresser, but you're feeling trapped in your day-to-day -day routine, but you know that there's more for you and there's a, a passion that you need to chase, but you're unable to do that when you're, you're nine to five or eight to three or whatever it may be. Yeah, what would, it, you know, there's, it, I, I hear so many of these podcasts, you see so many of these you know, beautiful quotes overlaid on, mm -hmm. on beautiful landscapes that say like, chase your passions. And that's all that matters. And, um, you know, I, I think it's really it, take time and identify your values, identify what's important to you. There is nothing wrong with working a nine to five job. There's nothing wrong with that. If that gives you the financial stability and the time to go do the things you're passionate about on the weekends or in the evenings or to volunteer or to donate to those things, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, but, you know, identify your values and, and, and make sure that, you know, when you look back, I always like to ask myself, what would my 80 year old self choose? 
if I was 80 year old, you know, 80 years old, maybe we'll add in some inflation for modern medicine. We'll say 90. If mm-hmm. I'm 90 years old and on my deathbed, what life would I have wanted? You know, is it going to be just working the grind just to get a little bit nicer of a car, just to get a little bit bigger of a TV, just, to, you know, whatever? You know, are your values in, in those things? Is that truly what makes you happy? Or or can you explore these passions and, and cut some of those things out of your life in different ways, you know? Um, yeah, it, assess your values, assess what you can do. Um, you know, people have different responsibilities. When I started Beyond the Map, I didn't have a family. I know, I know because I have siblings of the pressures of having kids and having family. And there's certain sacrifices you have to do it sometimes. So this might not be an option for everyone. And, and I think um, just recognizing that and finding other outlets, you know, whether that's through volunteer work or donating your time um, or, or, you know, working towards doing your passion eventually one day when it's, when it's um, not, not, not to wait forever, but when it's might be more applicable and more feasible. Um, Yeah. I, 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 (laughs) <laughs> I wish I had a better answer to that, but everybody has so many fine nuances in their life that it's hard to say, just drop and quit your job and, and, and go for it because it's not in reality, that's not the case for everyone. Um, it, I think just evaluate what's important to you and then make small steps to work towards that. That doesn't have to involve quitting your job necessarily. If it does awesome, I'll see you in the entrepreneurial world, like yeah. power to you but there might be other avenues to, to do that as well. What would right. your, what would your 90 year old self do? Choose, choose that. Absolutely. So there's a leap, but there, you need to be taking baby steps as well, right? You need to be figuring out, okay, today I need to do this. So tomorrow I can do this. Like you said, when you sitting with a laptop and there's no boss in the room, what do I need to do to make sure I go from A to Z and being right. organized with that? Yeah. Have absolutely. a plan. <laughs> That, that was probably one of the hardest transitions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm sure there are many people out there listening that are saying, how do I take a trip? You know, maybe someone wants to sponsor a trip. Give some information on how they can do that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, probably the best way right now is to reach out to us directly um, uh, through our email, which is uh, info, uh, short for information, info at beyondthemap.org. Um, you could also go to our website too, www.beyondthemap.org um, and check us out there. We have some great videos from some of our trips and, and some samplers of what it is that we do. Um, but just reach out to us, have a conversation, whether you want to organize a group for your friends and family, something for colleagues, your, your staff, um, or to sponsor uh, an at-risk youth you know, trip abroad so that they can have these enriching and, and potentially life or formative experiences too. So yeah, definitely reach out, have a conversation. We're always looking for partnerships and for different ways um, to connect creatively. And this is awesome work that you're doing. And you know, when we walked off the plane, I told my wife, I said, we have to get a group together to be able to do one of these trips, even though we don't like going beyond the map, right? We like the, we like the resort, but you know, the tent life and the canoeing and the river and whatever, you know, that's a whole nother world that we need to explore as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's, you know, just as there's benefits to going to a resort and going on a cruise and and being comfortable, there's definitely 
benefits to being uncomfortable too in, in certain ways. Um, yeah, that's why we customize things, uh, you know, so that we can kind of work in the comfort level. What might be your your discomfort level might be different than someone else, you know. So a lot of times what we like to do is a few little challenging days and then like a few nice days to kind of reboot. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny. One activity I do here, Derek, just very quickly um, before we jump off is that I like to backpack a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have family members that are like, listen, I worked hard for this bed. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. why are you putting this heavy stuff on your back? And like, yeah. that's how you're spending your vacation, you know? Right. But, but let me tell you, you know, the, the best parts of backpacking aren't while you're out backpacking. It's when you come home. And so, you know, you, you turn on that hot water to take a shower and it is the best shower of your life. You sleep <laughs> in that bed that night and you will never sleep better. Like, and, and I always say it resets the gratitude meter, right? Um, and, and while it might be physically exhausting in some ways, it's so mentally rewarding um, and, and mentally freeing, right? Um, there's a lot of work that shows that time spent in natural spaces is actually incredibly beneficial to our mental well-being. Um, it, it helps a lot with clarity and creativity, and uh, it's been shown to help with um, with mental wellness, like PTSD um, uh, issues and so forth. And so there's a lot of benefits from kind of disconnecting from our everyday routine and, and immersing yourself out, out into the wild, rewilding. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, I appreciate your time. I thank you for being here with me tonight. So where are you now and what's the next trip? Yeah, no, I am currently in Oregon. I'm actually helping out another organization right now, a nonprofit that helps uh, low income youth and folks that have a physical disability get outdoors too. So a uh, partnership that we're doing with Beyond the Map out here in Oregon. Um, and so we've actually been out camping in different state parks throughout Oregon um, with wheelchair users. And so a lot of people that have spinal cord injuries that have never been able to camp because there's not an easy way for them to do that. Never been able to kayak, things like that. And so we're doing a bunch of those smaller camping trips locally. Um, next big international trip we have is a Puerto Rico trip coming up. We have where they go, they do canyoneering down waterfalls and in caves and snorkeling on the beach and doing some stuff in Puerto Rico. So that's, that's the next big um, further destination trip we have. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. And I'll be following along until I'm out there beyond the map myself. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Derek. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a five-star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episodes. Until later, peace.